I like the fact that one of the things we do right at the beginning of our fall together is to have the men's retreat. It, uh, it always brings interesting events and conversations. It's a real highlight and an opportunity for us to kind of, uh, for, for many of the men in the church to kind of get motivated and re-energized after the summer and uh, move into the fall with some uh, really good things going on in our lives. For Jason Holmgren yesterday, that was not so much the case. You know, we at the men's retreat, we divide up into different groups when it's time for horseback riding. And you can either be honest and say, I'm not much of a horseback rider. Or you can say, yeah, I'm a real man and I've ridden lots of horses. In fact, I think of myself as a cowboy, so I'll go with group B. So Jason, I don't know what the story is. He said he was for group B, okay? No doubt it's a self-esteem problem. And he's got a, he's got a lot of work to work on there. So he he says, you know, I'm the cowboy, so I'll go with Group B. So we go through our our ride, and it was a good ride. It was an enjoyable ride. In fact, the uh, the lady who was leading it really did put us through our paces. For those of you who've been before, this was a much more vigorous vigorous ride than what we have been through in the past, guys. And so she really had us like we were doing a lot of trotting, a lot of galloping on trails with trees close by. You know, you know, it's amazing how a horse can just be walking next to a tree and ram your leg into that tree, and it's a, it's a, it's a decisive awakening. So Jason got a decisive awakening as we're we're starting to head back toward the uh, corral, and you know, with horses like this who do this kind of route all the time, when they finally turn their nose toward home, they know where they're going, and so Jason's horse knew where it was going. It's just that it decided to go through a tree on the way there. So Jason, have you, where's Leanne? Did she go on? Have you heard this yet? No. Oh. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> You're going to love seeing these pictures. I don't know if he's bringing back the two branches that are this thick that are no longer part of the tree. <laughs> but he, like, his horse took off, and he, he did his best to look cool as he fell. <laughs> but those two branches still came off. And I, and I, saw, his, uh, I saw the outside of his pants later on. You could tell exactly where he let the ground know that he was there. He, uh, he, he banged along, and then he got up, you know, and it was, such a, it was so cool when he got up because he let everybody know that it was almost as if it was planned. <laughs> but, I mean, he really did. The, the horse took off, and there were a couple of branches that went snap, snap, and he went down. And, of course, I very compassionately said to Ken, Get the camera! <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it, was a great, it was a great time for that reason, but for a lot of other reasons as well. One of the things that happened yesterday afternoon was that we, we had an opportunity to, uh, a bunch of us, sit around a table and talk about ministry in our church. Oh, it was rich. I mean, really, really good. One of the, the real exciting things about it, Terry, you'll appreciate this. Um, I, I probably haven't talked to Jeff Holmgren for an hour altogether since I got here. Like, if you add up all the things that Jeff and I have said to, to each other, I would guess that it was less than an hour. In fact, Jeff said yesterday it's probably less than 30 minutes of conversation between the two of us. We've never just sat down and talked. And I had occasion to sit down 
for more than an hour. I, I don't know how, many, how much time Jeff and I spent talking uh, over the weekend, but it was quite a bit. And I got to know him in a way that I never have before. And it was absolutely wonderful. You know, Jeff, at least around here, is kind of quiet. I found out that you get him away from it on a retreat, not so quiet. Okay, so, so maybe you'll get him in that kind of context and really enjoy him as I did. And uh, Mike Reed and I and Jeff and Jack Ashby, uh, Trevor Wise, there was a number of us that just kind of sat around and talked about ministry in our church and the things that we thought God was doing. And just the excitement and the sense of enthusiasm, especially when it comes to ministry in our community. It really was a great, great time. And I, I went away from there thinking, Lord, you're doing something among us that is exciting. You're going to do something among us that we haven't experienced before. And just, there's a chance here for something to really happen that is rich and wonderful. And so I'm, I'm really excited about that. I look forward to these guys coming back and for us getting into the fall and, uh, and God blessing us in many significant ways. And, and I guess part of what I want to do this morning is, is share not just that excitement. That was exciting but to share where we all need to be in terms of our excitement. I think, I think that God's Holy Spirit is doing something among us. I think God's Holy Spirit is doing something among us in a significant way. Uh, I think God's Spirit is leading us. I think He's leading us into ministry. I think He's taking us in a direction that is that is very positive, very exciting, and very hopeful. We talked some about this weekend uh, about hope up at the retreat. Steve McMillan shared on faith, hope, and love, and so hope was part of that. You know, he said things like, uh, you know, he said things like, if you have a perspective of hope when it comes to the church, how could you have anything but great thoughts about the future of the church? Like, if you recognize that God wants for faith, hope, and love to dominate our perspectives when it comes to our life in Christ, if that's the core of things, and certainly for the Apostle Paul it was, when Paul says the greatest of these things is love, he's also said faith, hope, and love together constitute three wonderful things in the church. If that's the case, and our minds are supposed to be centered there, then hope, it's going to do something to us. You can't have a can't have a hope-filled attitude and then think to yourself, oh, I don't know if the church is really ever going to go anywhere. Like, I don't know if the church is ever really going to do anything. I don't know if we'll ever really get anything accomplished. I don't know if God will ever be able to use us for all the things that he wants to use us. I just don't know if that's going to happen. Well, if your perspective is a hope-filled perspective, how could you ever say that? The one who supplies hope is the creator of the universe. He's the one who supplies his spirit to humankind and allows us to do things that are far beyond what we could ever dream of doing. And if that's the case, then God is not limited by our weaknesses. He can do things among us that transcend our limitations. And so I can be always hopeful even when I look at myself or, frankly, when I look at you. I look at us and I think, ah, not so good looking. Only some of you I could say that about. I could say not so talented, not so bright. You know, maybe we're really not that worthy. There might be sin among us. But God, despite our lack of talent, despite our lack of 
worldly possessions that would make us appear to the rest of the world as being uh, somehow talented and successful, despite our limitations and our sin, God can take those of us with weaknesses and do something dramatic and wonderful because he's the God of hope. And so I praise him for that. And I think about the future of the church and it's, it's exciting. Sometimes people bemoan the church or its future. Well, here's a thought. Is it not the case that the best days for the church always lie immediately in the future? Because God is the architect of that future. If it depends on us, then we can look and say, maybe the best days were 10 years ago, or the best days were 15 years ago, or the best days for the church were when I was a little kid and I loved it so much it was 40 years ago. But if God is the architect of our future, if he's the one who can supply not just a hopeful attitude, but the elements that will make for a truly hope-filled future, if God is the architect, then the best days for the church lie immediately in front of us. If only we allow ourselves to accept that future. If only we allow ourselves to to work toward that future. If only we say to ourselves, God is about this and I think I'll join him. I think I'll do this with him. And if we say that, then the best days of the church are immediately in front of us. Well, I think that's the case. If you doubt this and you say, this is just Kelly and his positive attitude when really there's all kinds of wrong things going on and we should focus on the bad. Well, then I'd like you to leave. No, no, not. I'm kidding. Instead, what I'd like for you to do is change your attitude. Change your attitude in line with the Holy Spirit of God who wants to have our best future immediately in front of us. So turn to Acts 13 and let me show you how this works. Acts 13. Page 781 in the Pew Bibles. Okay? Acts 13, page 781 in the Pew Bibles. If the person next to you isn't opening the Bible... Give them an elbow in the ribs and say, what's the matter with you? Open your Bible. Okay? Don't really, don't really do that. Don't really elbow the person next to you. Okay? <laughs> Acts 13. In the church at Antioch, this could just as easily be Calgary, there were prophets and teachers. And all I mean by that is there are good people here too. People who love the Lord. Talented people. People who, who can do wonderful things for Christ. There were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. Now that's a key line. They are worshiping the Lord and they're fasting. That means that their attention is turned toward God and what God is going to do. They're focused on spiritual things. We need to be focused on spiritual things. If we're focused on spiritual things, if we're worshiping the Lord, if we're fasting, what is God going to do? This says, the Holy Spirit said. So the Holy Spirit is among them as they're worshiping and fasting. The Holy Spirit comes and gives them a message and says, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. 
So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Cilicia and sailed from there to Cyprus and then converted the entire world. That's really what happens. They go into the Mediterranean world and they plant churches in place after place after place after place. And the Holy Spirit has sent them out and is with them as they go. In fact, I've said many times, I really think the book of Acts is misnamed. Like the, the name for the book of Acts is the Acts of the Apostles. It's not a scriptural name. That's a name that the church put on it later on. I think it just as easily could have been and maybe should have been the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because it's not so much the church, it's certainly a history of what the church is doing, but what we're really talking about here is the Holy Spirit working in the life of the church. And so it's the acts of the Holy Spirit. And here in Acts 13, the Holy Spirit says, set these, apart, these people apart for ministry, and then he sends them on their way. All of that comes out of this church in Antioch that had this spiritual mindset and recognized that the best days of the church were immediately in front of it. But the key, the key is the activity of the Holy Spirit in the life of that church. And, and this is what that does. It gives us that sense of hope for this future that is immediately in front of us. Because you are not the architect of our future. And I'm not the architect of our future. I'm not the power behind our future. I think we all have a role to play in our future as a church. We have a role to play in what it is that God is going to work among us. But the real architect, the real power, the source of us doing something as a church that we have never done before, stands with, lies with, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit does just exactly this. What, what happens when Paul goes out? When Paul and Barnabas begin to go into the Mediterranean world through the power of the Holy Spirit and start to preach, what happens? Is there success or is there not? Is there a bright future, a good future from that day forward, or is there not? Well, it's actually an amazing thing. These people go out. They go into the Mediterranean world. And with three, within 300 years, the entire world is in some sense focused on Christianity. The impact of them going out is, I mean, to use words like huge or dramatic or monstrous, gigantic, stupendous, they don't even begin to touch it. Because the Holy Spirit works with them and does something amazing. And the word this morning is, there is no reason why it can't happen again. If the Holy Spirit is with us and doing what he did there, then the best days of the church are immediately before us. If Jesus were here, Jesus would say, open your eyes, white unto the harvest. Let's sing, Wayne. We're not done yet, by the way.
dramatic through them, through his Holy Spirit, by setting apart Barnabas and Saul to change the world. Well, we're, we're worshiping this morning. We're f- focusing on Christ and the things that he is about to do among us. We also want to just spend some time in prayer. And the, the point is this, you know, next Sunday is going to be our fall launch. We have a fall launch basically every year. And there are things that are new happening. There are things that are dramatically new in many ways that are happening. God is working again among us. And I say again in the sense of it's a new day. We have a new day to live out our lives before Christ together. And so there are some things that we're going to pray about for the next few minutes. What we'll do is uh, go ahead and put these on the screen if you want. Thank you. Fall launch 2008. You can see the things that are on the screen that we need to pray about. We're going to be talking about family next week and our new fall theme. Our Sunday school begins at 945. And uh, we, we want very much for God to work in our classes. Our life groups are beginning. We've changed the name to life groups. Uh, There's just something new going on with that. Uh, you'll hear a lot more about that next week, but it's, it's really exciting. I'm, I'm so thrilled with what's happening with our small group program right now. I'm just totally pumped about it. It's John and Angie's last Sunday with us next weekend. We're going to be saying goodbye to them. Peter and Chelsea, our new youth minister and his wife and their daughter Eva will be arriving with us. Uh, Peter gets here either very early Sunday morning or late uh, Saturday night, and the Chelsea's going to fly in next Sunday morning at 10.25, uh, so we'll have somebody pick her up at the airport and sprint her over here, obeying all the traffic laws on the way. And then, uh, and then a fall Bible reading schedule is going to be given out as well, so we can talk about reading the Bible together in the fall. So there's lots of good things that are going on, new things, a time of new life, a revigoration going on in our church. And this morning, for the next few minutes... We just want to pray. Acts 13 says that the church was worshiping and fasting. It says after they had prayed, after they had prayed, they laid their hands on Paul and Barnabas and sent them out. And then it says the Holy Spirit sent them on their way. Well, it's very clear to me that when we pray that God's Spirit comes and does things among us. And that's what we want to do. We don't want our efforts this fall to be human efforts. We want them to be God-filled efforts. And so we want to pray. All I'm going to do is I'm going to read these. I want you to focus on the thing that I read. And uh, we'll just take this step-by-step for the next few minutes and pray through these. And at the end of our time together, I will close our prayer. So let's pray together, church. The fall theme, specifically about family. Let's pray about that, please.